You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love. After infidelity or betrayal, have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time, and for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt. Flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and this is going to be a really fun yet very deep show. Our guest today is Jolie Dawn. She is the author of Empowered, Sexy, and Free. Discover your unique brilliance and dare to be the creatrix of your own life. We will get into a little bit more about who she is and what she does. But what I want you to know, what I want you to remember is no matter how bad you feel right now, And trust me, I know how bad you feel right now because I have been there too. There is hope. There is fun. There is empowerment, sexiness, and freedom on the other side of the infidelity journey. And Jolie can help you to get there. So welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. Let's start a little bit with 
who you are and what you do for women? Mm -hmm. I am, I'm a seeker on the spiritual path. I am a very creative, multi-hyphenated woman and my spiritual journey, my personal development journey blossomed into entrepreneurship because I couldn't not share what I was learning with other people. So I have a background in sales and marketing. I've been in sales and marketing for over 15 years and I support service-based businesses, like coaches and consultants and healers of all kinds and light workers, how to come out online, brand themselves, build their online schools. And I teach specifically sales and conversion. That sounds good. I love that you really have the ability from, from what I know about you from reading your book to marry all the practical stuff with all of the emotional, juicy, goodness stuff. And I know a lot of the women here listening to my show don't feel very empowered. They definitely don't feel very sexy and they don't feel free because they have been through a pretty painful um journey, obviously. I also know that you use a lot of journaling to help yourself and to help your women heal. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to be empowered, sexy, and free, and then how journaling can kind of facilitate that process? Yes. Yeah. I just really want to speak directly to the woman who's listening right now where life may have flipped you sideways. I know this podcast is all about healing and finding empowerment through a major trauma in your life, something like infidelity, or maybe something else is going on for you, just heartbreak or a life transition. And I'm a 33 year old woman who's had 33 years of experience of life on this planet. And I'm also somebody who has made a beautiful story out of their lives, out of what was the beginnings of a very sad story. And Empowered, Sexy, and Free is a very candid expression from my soul where I lay out my story in in just a really beautifully authentic way because I know that when we are seen in pain, we can heal. And when I was 20 years old, something flipped me sideways where the entirety of my life was just different in a moment. And I'm still integrating that time of my life where it was seemingly like a snap of a finger and this dark nightmare seemed to come over my life, which was at 20 years old, after losing a very large sum of money, my dad made the very permanent decision to end his life. And I was really at peace with him leaving. He had created a lot of destruction around him. And while he was an incredible man, an incredible stand-up father, an incredible provider, he had severe mental health issues from being a Vietnam veteran. And the last year of his life was incredibly challenging for me as he began to slip away from this reality and lose touch with mental health and created all the destruction. And when he left, there was a tremendous mess for me to clean up as a 20-year-old and including my mother who had been dealing with addiction issues. And I became a caretaker. I became like a head of a family in a way. And there was just such a loss of innocence at that that age for me. And Empowered, Sexy, and Free, it was just this, I only know what it feels like to be empowered because I know the depths of being disempowered. And I only know the glimpses of what sexy feels like because I felt so dirty and used and not sexy. 
And I only know what freedom feels like because I also know what it feels like to be severely trapped. And so while this book may be this beautiful light, um, colorful branding with this floral essence on it, it's really a, a journey into the shadow and into the depths of your humanity and your realness. And it's an invitation to have a, a very candid conversation around life because we've been through things as women together. I know you have your own story, Laura, and I just admire so much a woman who's willing to have herself be seen in her story and be witnessed in her pain because that's how we grow and that's how we heal. And one of the practices in the book that you mentioned was journaling was, you know, I just felt like there were times in my life where my mind was spinning out, like my mind was moving so fast and trying to process my life and trying to understand my reality. And I found for me, because of how active my brain was, that organizing my thoughts through a journal was a profound experience of healing. It was an opportunity to be alone, contemplative in my thoughts, to be deeply connected to myself, and then to also track the way that I was changing and growing. So I would put a prayer list together and then come back and start to notice and track, hey, these things are actually happening for me. My life is getting better. I am growing. I am discovering who I am. And it's a, I, I kind of break down 10 ideas in the book around journaling because I'm just, I'm such a believer in that self-processing ritual. Yeah. You've said some things that I really appreciate and that I want to go back to. First, that you were still integrating some of the trauma from the flip in your life. And that's yeah. been a while. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I just wanted to stay there for a moment because I think so often people will pick up a book like your book or a book like my book, you know, like you said, that looks beautiful. You know, mine's sparkly. Yours is floral. It's like, yay, sexy, free, happy. This is good. But the reality is growth is a process. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, journaling helps you track the process and it takes time and you can be making small steps along the way to healing, which is important to know, but it's also not like, bam, a light switch will be flipped and everything's okay. And I'm totally at peace. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that moment. It feels tender to share that. Cause I actually just had a healing session last night. I'm like, here we go again. An event from 13 years ago that I still get to love myself around. So here's the deal. Anything that happens to us when our brain is developing, especially big and massive trauma, we get to be really patient with the healing process. So ages zero to 21, this is something I track the development of the brain. I, I was like, life, my brain was almost done developing at age 20. It was like 21, six months later. Not that it makes I probably that much of a difference, but these massive events that happen in our, in our lives and in, in the building blocks of our psyche and childhood really do take um, extra care and extra love. And it's always that inner little one inside of us that feels hurt the most. And I imagine that somebody going through infidelity or going through a breakup or going through some heart matters of the heart, it's their inner little one that feels rejected. It's their inner little one that feels not seen and not heard and not understood and not good enough. And so the patience that I've had, Laura, over the years of my inner child journey, because I also grew up in a home around a lot of addiction and I parented myself a lot. I learned to cook for myself very young. I was home alone a lot. This was the 90s when things were a little bit different. I 
uh, did all my own homework by myself and self-guided television and self-guided my own entertainment. And yeah, there's a little one in me that's, that's, is, wants me to pay attention and wants me to be aware of her concern and her fear that she doesn't matter and that nobody's watching and nobody's paying attention and that her successes don't matter. And so during this healing session, you know, the, the trauma around my dad was around the 2008 economic collapse. So this big financial thing is happening in America, Mm -hmm. middle-class families are hit and, oh my gosh, it's been so interesting going through kind of this pandemic and this talks of recession and this talks of inflation and just how many times my nervous system has gotten very activated because I'm bracing for what was my world at the time, truly was my world and my, my sense of stability and home really came crumbling down. So there's patience in the journey and I get to love myself through it. And if it wants to come back up again and there's more layers of healing and there's more layers of love there, I'm not saying that I'm patient all the time. Sometimes it is frustrating. Like we've moved on, right? It's been 13 years. How many hours of therapy? How many medicine journeys? How many times have I cried about this one? And there's still a part of me that is holding on to a fear. And if I want the ultimate freedom in my life, I must be willing to meet those parts of myself. Yeah. And that is so hard sometimes, but I love how you said, how you, you know, described what's going on in the world now is reminiscent of what was going on then, because that is very similar to the infidelity journey, holidays, anniversaries, events that come up, take us back to that triggered space. And it might take a while. It might take years and years and years of journaling. But the thing is on the anniversary of the event year one, it's going to be harder than it will be the anniversary of the event year two, year three, year four. And that's what I really appreciated and loved about in your book, how you have the different journaling exercises, like you have, you know, a money journaling exercise, you've got all these different journaling exercises. So it can kind of hit at different places in your heart, in your psyche, in your life. Because when a trauma happens, like the women of this show, okay, we have been cheated on by our spouses, but that brings up, like you said, the time when dad didn't show up and he said he was supposed to. It brings up the time when we heard, you know, mom say X, Y, or Z. That time in high school when our boyfriend left us. That time when our best friend said, nobody's ever going to love you. It brings up all of these places in our past, in our bodies, in our hearts, where we've been rejected or abandoned or wounded before. And then suddenly we're not just dealing with one trauma, the infidelity trauma. Suddenly we're dealing with 50 other little traumas that we might not have even known were there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You just nailed it. Because that's, that's how this life and this human experience is. It's like, oh, the teachers and the lessons come up, they hit you, they flip you sideways. And it's more than just the event. It's every part of us that is unhealed is coming to the surface. Every part of us that doesn't feel like enough, that doesn't feel chosen, that doesn't feel loved is being activated in this event that may happen in life. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gift in disguise. I know that can be really annoying when somebody's in pain to, to wrap it in that kind of language of this is a gift and hear me out. If you're willing to step back and really see, wow, life set me up with a gigantic invitation for me to heal. 
Mm-hmm. to know myself, to love myself, to go back into the past, to ask myself, why did I attract such a thing in my life? Like why, not, why was this on my path and on my journey? Cause what I couldn't see at the time that I can see now is holy shit, what a gift it was to have gone through that trauma because what I have created in the world around money and prosperity and setting others three to free to the tune of supporting thousands of people a year and having the number one prosperity meditation on the internet and writing books and supporting people because there's this burning passion within me because I know what it feels like to be in pain and scarcity. That's a great gift that I could have never seen at the time. It was just poor me. I'm the victim of, I am a daughter whose father chose not to be on the planet and left a gigantic mess. But what I could see now is what a gift that I got to mature the way that I was able to mature at 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, the way you know what it feels like to be empowered, sexy, and free is because you didn't feel empowered. You didn't feel sexy and you didn't feel free. And it's only from understanding that point of contrast. This is not what I want that you were able to lean into. And this is what I want. I want prosperity. I want peace. I want empowerment. Mm -hmm. So how do you define empowerment? Mm -hmm. To be empowered is to have the emergent feeling of being able to choose your life spontaneous choice. And oftentimes we think we're choosing, but there's so many mental constructs where we're not actually the one that has the power and power is freedom of choice. So do I have the power? Do I feel like I have the power to create the reality that I want around me? Do I have the power to turn on joy? Do I have the power to access pleasure? Do I have the power to create a financial reality that is inspiring to me? And small choices, like it really does take time and energy to set up something like this, but small choices and consistency day after day, like what's the next most loving thing? What's the next most loving thing? Then all of a sudden you're not living for other people and making mom and dad happy or making spouse happy or making the world happy or over giving to the point of martyrdom, but you're really self-resourced in such a way that 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 power emanates, that sense of self emanates from you. Yeah, absolutely. So you said something about like, what is the next most loving thing I can do for myself? Say more about that because when we are in that, the depths of victimhood, it's really hard sometimes to just ask ourselves that question. Yeah. You know, Laura, it reminds me of my last breakup and I was in, I had tried to end a relationship in December. This was a couple of years ago. And we didn't actually end it until June. And those six months from December till June, like how much self-betrayal and self-abandonment and just poor choices. Like I ended up gaining weight. I ended up not seeing my friends. Like it was such a path of destruction because all I could see was I want this love. I want this love and I want this safety and I can't imagine my life without it. And a lack of trust in myself that I could receive that or somebody could love me that much. And I think back to the moments where I actually had the bravery to end the relationship. And I ended the relationship in the same kind of moments that I decided to go nomadic and 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 clear a three-story house in Santa Monica. I had it completely built out as a film set recording studio, gifted everything that I had to people who needed it more than I did and left that house single and with a suitcase and I moved to Mexico. And this was like 
early pandemic days when everything was just kind of bananas. And I went on like a little mental health checkout, like I'm going to do what's right for me. And I'm just going to go to the jungle for a little while and just get some perspective. And so I went to the Yucatan and uh, the Southern regions of Mexico down in Playa del Carmen and Tulum. And I brushed up on my college Spanish. And I remember meeting myself, oh, I have chills, meeting myself in this villa that I'd rented. And it was the first night and I was alone. And I was like, this was the thing that I was so scared of right here to be alone to not have somebody holding me falling asleep to not have somebody saying good night to and how much can I love myself in this moment oh my gosh I just feel this overwhelming sense of pride like thank you for doing that work Julie because my life is so much better but it was one day at a time it was like it was even one moment at a time like right now I'm gonna make a bath and I'm gonna actually go out to the farmer's market and I am gonna buy these beautiful bath salts because I've got me in mind and I'm gonna love myself up and I'm gonna cook myself dinner and I'm gonna to listen to inspiring podcasts. And I'm gonna start feeding my brain with all of this evidence of how loved and treasured and adored I am on this planet. And even if there's nobody to say good night to right now, I've got me. And I just had to retrain myself that I can be self-sourced and loved. And I can reach out to friends for love and I can tell my best friend good night. And everything that I was so scared of, the being alone was the thing that was nurturing me deeply. And so what's the next best loving choice? And sometimes like leaving the wrong, leaving a relationship or initiating a conversation to make change in your relationship. Uh, the, the thing that we're most scared of is losing love. It's like the deepest, most embedded thing into the human psyche is the deepest fear in all of us. I think, I believe it to be that I'm not loved because to not be loved is to not exist. And love is, is the essence. I mean, if a baby is not loved, there will be severe damage. If a baby is not held, there'll be severe, ir irrevocable damage on that baby. And we need it. We need love. And we sometimes forget and can lose ourselves in relationships with how to be self-sourced. Yeah. So I think of that woman who was single intentionally for two years because I had really broken trust in myself. I'm like, how could I have been treated like that? And like, I created that. I'm not a victim to that. I, I was 100% at source for what I was allowing to have around me. And there was some toxicity and things that I would never post online and things that I would never want to, people to see about my private life. But it really took time, day after day after day, meeting myself and meeting the fear of the thing that I had feared most, which was be to be alone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also just thank you for sharing that there's some really bad stuff that happens. There's some really toxic stuff that happens to all of us personally. And we get so afraid that oh my gosh, I can't, I can't tell somebody because then somebody might think that I allowed this to happen. And then somebody's going to think poor, poorly of me. And then somebody's going to think blah, 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 blah. There is so much fear and shame around what we have had happen in relationships and how we have abandoned ourselves. And I think it's really important and really valuable when people like you speak up just so everybody can know, you know what? We've all been there. We have all had moments that we're not proud of. We have all let people get by with too much. We've all been afraid to meet ourselves. We're all afraid of losing love. Mm -hmm. And it's still all okay. 
so beautifully said. I feel so touched by that. Yeah. Like we can just be so raw and real about the human experience right now. Just like, I know what that feels like. I imagine people listening are just receiving these words as such medicine, because sometimes we think that our experience is an isolated one, mm-hmm. I'm like, but you don't understand. I'll be alone on the couch at night and, or whatever the greatest fear is like my person's not listening to me or like the pain of what I've been through in this relationship. And it's like, the only thing that you have control of in this reality is yourself. You wow. can't control another person. And so knowing that, okay, I have sovereignty over this vessel. I get to make choices around what I put into this vessel, how I feed this vessel, how I move this vessel. And I'm going to get stronger every single day because what I pour into my being, it's going to fuel me with the same reciprocity. Yeah. Absolutely. And you wouldn't believe how many people say to me, well, you would believe it. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I should leave my partner after the infidelity. I would if I knew that I would find someone to love, but I would stay if I knew that I wouldn't find someone to love. And it's like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. what about you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And no, nothing's guaranteed. I feel so protective over the person that's like, well, what are my options? You know, like, am I going to just be alone? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's okay. It is all okay. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to work it out. It's okay to leave. It's okay to find new love and it's okay not to find new love as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's move into sexy because you and I both use that word a lot. My book is about flaunting your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Yours is about being empowered, sexy, and free. And I think there's a lot of fear and misconception around that word that we're somehow like unchaste if we're sexy or if we're sexy, we're desperate for love. And I just was curious your take on the word sexy and what it means to you to truly feel sexy and be sexy? Oh my gosh, such a deep question. I would love to unpack this. You know, the deepest wound that I've had with my body is just not feeling enough. I, it, during my formative years, had gained a lot of weight. So I was probably like a 20, 20 pounds overweight, fluffy kid. And it really had me relate to myself as the not cute one, the not desired one, the not picked one, the not athletic one. And so when I developed and I kind of came into my body and lost the baby weight and was being noticed for being cute or whatever, externally attractive, I just couldn't receive that. I just couldn't take that in. I never felt like I was cute or beautiful and was really hard on myself. So my self, my inner self-talk was my body doesn't look like theirs. I'm not good enough and I'm not desired. I also have like a non-traditional body shape. Like I have very athletic legs and I tend to hold my weight like more in my chest and my belly. So I always felt like not proportional that clothes don't fit me like other girls do. And I have to be really mindful about my weight so that my proportions stay tight and lean because if I, if I'm in my world, I had a very unforgiving body. Like I'm like, can this please go to my ass if I eat a donut and not to my belly? Whereas other girls are just getting like curvy and voluptuous. And I just felt like it's going to the wrong places. Mom, (laughs) why, why did I get passed down this unforgiving body? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and now I feel very grateful to the body that I have. And it just, it took a lot of inner work around knowing that I was beautiful and not from an external trying to prove myself to anybody, but feeling beautiful, feeling in my body. And one of the practices that's helped me so much is dance because it was the thing that I didn't want to do. And the thing that I felt the most awkward around, it's like, school dances or going out with friends. And when it's time to like do that thing, we're we're removing our bodies. I'm just like stiff and would much rather be like at the bar having a drink. And especially lately, I actually recently installed a dancing pole in my living room and being in sensual movement and loving my body and loving my curves and loving the imperfections. It's sexy is such an energy. Yeah. It is such a way of being, and you, you can see it in people, the way that they carry their energy, the way it's really about the way that they love themselves. And I have such a, you know, u- unique, but maybe not so unique sexual journey. And the fact that I just started drinking really young, started drinking young at 13. And that combination of just being penned up and rebelling against my religion and being told sex was just for marriage and also being like plastered a lot of times in my life at parties and not being healthy to my body. That combination had me being in lots of situations, like not even being able, I couldn't even count the situations where things happened where I wasn't a full yes to it. And I didn't even know what my yes and my no was. I didn't even know what a consent conversation was. And I didn't have that respect for my body. So lots of disrespectful situations were showing up around me. So I had by by my mid twenties, I felt like I'm just a not valued woman. I'm not worthy. I'm not wife material. And I got to do a lot of healing on that and on myself, just releasing the past and forgiving myself and knowing that I only had the education that I had and, and getting to make new choices for the future. And I just even just being it, being having the opportunity to speak about it in this moment makes me realize how far I've come and how devoted I am and clear in in ritual I am with my sensual energy and how precious it is to me and how just genuinely sexy I do feel at this stage of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because you know, I'm in my mid 50s and I feel sexier now with a post-menopause body, with all of that stuff, not being traditionally, you know, traditionally beautiful, not having the traditional body. I'm with you. I feel sexier now because of my energy and that that sexiness really is about how we flow and how we feel. And I also really love that you kind of went there with respecting your body because again, So often we get locked into that headspace belief that being sexy is one thing, one look, one age, one size, and one condition. And it's really not. It's really not. Mm -hmm. So many of the listeners to this show feel when they find out that their partner has had an affair, instantly, instead of looking at their partner's wounds that led to that behavior, that led to that wounding, that led to those choices, they internalize and they say, it's because I'm not sexy. It's because I'm not pretty. 
is because I've been busy in life. I've been taking care of kids. I've been working full time. I haven't had time to work out, whatever it is. And sexy is such a trigger because on the one hand, they don't feel sexy. But then on the other hand, they don't what they want to defend. And I shouldn't have to be sexy because I'm working hard and blah, 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 blah. And yet inside, there's also a longing to be the pretty one, to be the chosen one, to be beautiful. What do you think women might be able to do to start feeling sexy again, to start calming down some of those triggers and to feel sexy? Mm. Yeah, to the woman who's had a big surprising event in her life. I would say the first step is to not take that infidelity personally. And it's so tempting to make it about you and what you did wrong and how your body is and how your body isn't. And oh my gosh, bless the women who have seen a photo or know the other woman. Oh, the opportunity. Did that happen to you? It happened to me. Um, Yes. And, and this is, this is a whole thing we can go down to for me. My husband cheated with five different women who all were, and, and I hate to go here because it sounds like it's so skanky and judgmental, but it's not. They all outweighed me by a good 20 to 50 pounds. They stereotypically traditionally were much less attractive than I was, were much less educated than I am were so much objectively, quote unquote, less. And again, I hate to do that value judgment, like more or less, blah, blah, blah. It's just that when you look at the picture and you see somebody who outweighs you by about 50 pounds and who you go, ah, if he thought that was better than me, how much lower must I really be? Because I didn't think I was that bad. And I think that is really bad. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of a flip, isn't it? That's a flip because I was thinking about it in the other direction, like yes. seeing somebody who you deem is more attractive and like the, what a mental game that would be, but thinking about it the other way of just like, whoa, what? And, and this is a perfect example of taking that personally. Like what then is wrong with me? Is it my energy? Is it my being loving? Like, who am I being as a wife? And, you know, there's, maybe there's a photo involved. Maybe there's a knowing of the other person involved. And maybe you just have the pure imagination, you know, whatever your imagination conjures involved. Um, and, you know, I just, I want to speak to the heart of the woman who's, who's trying to turn on that sensual energy, who wants to feel sexy in her body, who feels like it's been a long time since she felt that. And I would say the number one place to start is like, don't take this incident personally and know that you're sexy. And it sounds maybe a little cliche, but it is so much about the vibration of sexy that you are holding. So do something every day to practice it, whether it's looking in the mirror and acknowledging and appreciating yourself, go shopping and wear an outfit that you feel really good in. Start a new eating protocol where you're getting high vibrational foods where you can start to feel your body shift in a really good way because oftentimes weight is something that women deal with. We're either gaining or losing weight and feeling like our body is shifting and our body goes through many different changes and seasons in its life and takes on different shapes in different decades and seasons. And when we are loving our body 
and we can feel good about going to that yoga class class and we can feel good about going on that long nature walk it starts to slowly change the vibration because you feel good on the inside and then it starts to emanate and then all of a sudden you go dress shopping you're like oh my gosh I haven't been this size in five years. Like what? I'm spitting into an eight or I'm fitting into a six. I'm fitting into a four. I'm fitting into a 14, whatever the size is. I'm becoming more of myself. And that is the journey of sensuality. That is the journey of sexy right there. Yeah. Becoming more of myself. I love that. I think that's amazing. And then the other word in your book is free. And that's such a loaded word in a way like sexy, because we all want to be free as in, we all want to have autonomy and agency over ourselves. But at the same time, like you said, so often we want to be loved. So what does it mean to you to be free, to truly be free? Oh my gosh. Yeah, Laura, I feel so extraordinarily blessed for this life that I'm living. I, I get to make, I have so much choice. I have so much choice. It's kind of, I feel kind of guilty about it. Sometimes I'm working on that one. Um, so after I lived in Mexico single during the pandemic, I'd met a group of really incredible women who were living on the Island of Kauai in the top of the Hawaiian Island chain. This is just a small Island of 70,000 people. And it is like heaven on earth. Have you been out to the islands, Laura? Yeah. 